and welcome back to the fifth episode of Getting Saucy. I'm here with the big man, Big Sauce Williams. How are you, big fella? Fantastic. Happy to be back for another episode of Getting Saucy. I think that smile is getting a little bigger, and I think since we last recorded, someone stepped back on the court, didn't they? Yep. I have uh, been back and doing what I love to do. Finally, it's been a long journey, but uh, I'm glad to be back out there. And he's dominating again. I mean, the, the walking double-double is back. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal every time we go out there. I, I was taught at a young age to try to do that, and if I can do that in my career, I'll play for a long time, so nothing's changing on my end. I think the last time we recorded the podcast, the, the ledger wasn't really in our favor, and we've shot back. We've won three in a row where we've got the breakers coming up, and those last two wins were on the back of uh, Big Sauce stepping on back in the court. So the fans are back and, and you must be so excited to be able to kind of just touch the basketball again in Phoenix colours. Yeah, no, it was, it was amazing. It's just a, a great weekend that we had. A lot of team success, a lot of individual success for myself. So all around it was a, it was a great time. But the best part of that weekend was getting back into the fire pit and playing in front of the Phoenix fans. Insane energy. Obviously, we had the Tassie win that was at home and we went to Adelaide. But that... That, that last one that we had was uh, was massive. The energy was rocking. We're undefeated at the fight bit. Do, do you put that down to, obviously, the team are going gangbusters, but the crowd in green at the fire pit, surely that plays a part. Absolutely. We have such a home court advantage. It's, it's unlike a lot of places in the NBL, I'd say. I think there's a, a real fear that we that the fans, the Phoenix fans, have put into the opponents, knowing that they're coming in there and it's going to be loud and it's going to be raucous and we're going to play hard and so. It's, it's a tough place to try to get a win at JCA. I think if you haven't been to the fire pit, you, you just have to experience it yeah, yourself. Absolutely. Get on scmphoenix.com.au, ticket tech. There's still tickets available for our home games in the next little bit. Make sure you get there. See Big Source in action because it's it's a sight to behold. To be honest, I hadn't seen too much of you play on court in person and this season has been incredible. So you look a little different as well and so do I this week. We are kitted out by our great friends at iAthletic. So we're repping. Guys, make sure that if you do see these and you do, you want these. I've got the hat, I've got the sweater. Source has got the long tee. Represent the Phoenix. Our great friends at iAthletic have, have kitted us out this week. Yeah. You can head again to scmphoenix.com.au. All of our gear is on there. Source, I think you'll be rolling around Melbourne in, in that top. Look, I'm not, I don't have any plans on taking this stuff off. iAthletic does a tremendous job of like getting us out with some, some extra gear. So it's, a, it's always awesome. I'll tell you what else was pretty fly. What's up? That three-pointer you oh. hit. Let's talk about that three-pointer. And he's throwing the fingers up because <laughs> let's, I, I want to run you through the play. Yep. Okay, Gary Brown, ball handler, incredible, can, can find a pass in a narrow corridor. He's seen you out the back and he slotted you out. Talk me through when you get that ball. Was, was passing ever an option? No, it was, going, it was going up as I crossed half court. I knew he is going and penetrating to the basket. Our, our main thing, we want to get two feet in the paint. And then from there, make a decision. And Gary did a tremendous job of drawing the defense. I don't know if you watched the replay again. Three guys go to him, and I just kind of trail in the back. And something that I've been working on in the summer and the offseason, just getting that three-point shot up. So hopefully I get some more opportunities to shoot him. And, of course, Gary's going to find us. As soon as it left the head, did you know? I knew it was good. I almost wanted to turn around like Steph Curry, but I figured since it was my first three-pointer in the NBL, I might as well just stay there a little bit and wait for the celebration. The disrespect, they left you open. Wide well. open. Read the scout. I got that in my bag, man. I'm, I'm trying to tell people nowadays. My favorite thing is I was on that side, so on the opposite side of the shot, and you coming back, having the backcourt completely to yourself yeah. and going nuts to the crowd, throwing the figures out. It was incredible. Worst thing that Bridget could have done right there was call a timeout too because I had the complete 
15, 20 seconds to get all of my celebrations and yells and run to my teammates off. And so it was, it was amazing. Great experience. So you got to promise me and you got to promise the podcast listeners that the next time it's going to happen, they're going to leave you open for a three again. Yeah. The next time you hit it, you got to throw up again. So what's he sign or something? I got you. I got to figure it out. We got to do it. Um, I always joked around that I was going to do like the footy celebration that the, the, the judges do back there when they get a goal. And so maybe I'll pull something out. But uh, no, nah, I, 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 I got something for it. So Every week we uh, we get some uh, contributions from the crowd. Um, this week, no different. We've got Game Recognizers Game, where people send in clips and we encourage everyone to send in clips. Saucy at semphoenix.com.au is the email. Yeah. And we've got little Kobe. Kobe this weekend, clearly. We've had a Kobe on this seg- yes. segment before. Yes. I think if you name Kobe, you're getting basketball shoes God. from when you're born. Look, you got to be a baller with the name of Kobe. I wonder what number he wears. He wears 24. Oh, of course he does. So that's a new school, wow. Kobe. If he was wearing the eight. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, new school, Kobe, big time. <laughs> now, Kobe's a massive fan of yours, and, and his dad has sent in an email. His dad's Steve. And he said, my son is a big Source fan. He wears the number 15 at all of our games. He wears the, the Source Williams jersey. But the other thing, in our household, we constantly refer to bringing that big Source energy to anything that you do. So I think you have a massive fan. Now I'm going to play the clip, and obviously now in our clips here, we'll um we'll put it up on socials. So talk me through that. Yeah, well, Kobe just gets it there and cash money bucket from deep, and oh yeah, his celebration game is is legit. He's definitely bringing the big sauce energy, and you love to see it. And so, game is recognizing game. Kobe, thanks for your all your support, and to all the other fans out there that are bringing the big sauce energy, keep it going. Absolutely, and we're going to get some stuff out to, to little Kobe. We're going to yeah. get uh, Source to sign a little card for you. In gratitude of sending that through, so if you want to be part of getting Saucy and, and Game Recognizes Game, make sure you hit up our email on saucy at semphoenix.com.au. Now, we've had somebody sitting alongside us that we're going to get to after the break. Hey. He's pretty excited. I think you got, you got some real Michael Parkinson grilling questions for uh, for the man that's sitting alongside us. Absolutely. I think there's, there's it's a, it's a lot, of, lot, of, lot of information about to be passed over to, to our listeners today. It's some real good insight on, on the ins and outs of the NBL and obviously his great career as a player too. Absolutely. We'll get to him after the break. Stay with us. Getting saucy. We'll be back after this. Hi Phoenix fans, Reese Vague here. Don't miss any of the action in the fire pit this season. Get your three-game membership now starting at just $25 for kids. Yes, we're back on getting saucy and, and sauce like we spoke about pre-break. We've got somebody who sides the checks at, at the Phoenix, so we've got some big questions for the big man. But like we always do with our guests, let's roll through a couple of stats. So nine years at the Melbourne Tigers, 227 games, two-time champion, so played amongst some of the elite. He's an elite player himself. Two championships, the last ever captain of the Melbourne Tigers. One of four, one of four people still at the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix organization that was here from day one. So we've got Rowan Shorter, head of ops. Eric Hollingsworth, head of high performance. Mitch Creek, our captain, and obviously getting Saucy's own Mitch Creek. And this man. So welcome to the podcast, our CEO, yeah. Tommy Greer. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. Thanks, boys. A uh, little bit nervous. First time interviewed on air by a player, so a little bit concerned about what, what Source has ready for me. I, we'll see how I look are. forward to the next five minutes of, you know what, I'm just going to gonna mute myself and let Source ask all the big questions. Let me get say, my uh, notepad out. put it out there, but I'm a little concerned that we're five episodes in and you're already calling me on deck because, you know, like... You know. Hey, top shelf. Really? He's selling himself We want to go for the best and get everybody in here and get the breakdown. And we're going to have some more fun guests as we go along, but, but awesome. Tommy, appreciate you coming on, man. 
Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. You guys have done a fantastic job with the podcast so far. It's getting a lot of traction online. So, yeah, more than happy to be here. Yeah, I think he, he, he wanted us to test the waters before he actually jumped in. He was absolutely. never going to do episode Five one. episodes he wanted. <laughs> he thought, you know what? I'll give him a chance. Let him let him dust <sighs> off the cobwebs. But, Sauce, you're a, you're a player now. Tommy was a player for the best part of 10 years with the Melbourne Tigers. Could you see yourself post-career going and doing what Tommy's done? I mean, we'll speak a little bit about Tommy's CV yeah. in depth, but I guess on, on face value, you're a player now. Could you see yourself being a CEO in, in nine years' time? I don't know. You know, I, I obviously have known Tommy now for a couple of years, and we have a good relationship, and I can I can see how hard he works to try to make this Phoenix thing that we have here grow and build, and it's a lot of stress, I'm sure, and a lot of long nights, and... I don't know if I'm going from playing to, to, to dealing with that. I kind of probably want something a little bit easier, maybe broadcasting or something like that, and maybe step into that fold. But no, he's done a tremendous job. I think that player insight that he has from being a former player allows him to be really, really beneficial to the guys that they get a chance to work here with the club. So. Now, Tommy, you yourself have said that as an elite player, I don't think you ever thought beyond, I guess, playing as a professional player. And that was the dream. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, when you finished up at the Melbourne Tigers and and what was next for you at the time? Look, it's a really difficult topic, that one, actually, because and I, I talk about it a lot, not so much sort of on air and in media situations, but fishing pro sport is a really difficult challenge for, for athletes and one that I don't think really any sport has sort of cracked that code yet um, because... To become a professional sporting athlete, it's really, you sort of decide that when you're a kid, right? Like, you, it's what you want to do. It's you focus your entire life on the goal of, of, of being becoming a professional athlete. And you put every minute of every, every day into it. You skip parties. You don't go to, you know, you, you, you miss schooling events, all that kind of stuff. And so for the first sort of, you know, 25, 30, however long you're lucky enough to play of your life, every moment of your day is focused on achieving that goal and being the best at that. And then as you start approaching the end of that, the reality of, well, now you need to start at the bottom, you know, of whatever that next thing is that you want to do um, is really difficult sort of mental challenge to overcome. And it's also part of that challenge is finding that next thing that you can love as much or at least nearly as much as what you were doing previously, which you can imagine is an incredibly tough challenge because what could be hit that level of playing pro sport? You know? That's true. I can imagine anything. I I just, I, how did you, like, what was the deciding point? When did you know that it was, all right, this is what I'm going to do next? Like, when did you get to that point? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I can pinpoint it to one thing. I mean, I've always had uh, had incredible parents who all the way throughout my professional career were really good at keeping keeping me grounded and focused on what is next. And that has always been part of how I've uh, approached things. So sort of late in my career, you know, I wasn't a player like you, um, Source. You know, I wasn't... Uh, wasn't leading the charge, all that type of stuff. You know, I was sitting on the bench waving towels most, most of the time. And those two championships are, are thanks to DMAC and Chris Anstey um, more than anything uh, I provided. Um, so, you know, that made it a bit easier for me, you know, being a player in that sort of position where it was, you know, I know I, I wasn't going on to play till I was 36 or I didn't have the opportunity to play over in Europe and make, you know, money to sort of set yourself up. So... I always did have an eye on the future for, you know, what was next. And towards the back end of my career, actually, Peter Gibbs from the, from the, from the Players Association was working at 
at the Tigers back in that time and, and he helped me sort of focus myself on, on what was going to happen um, post-sport for the last couple of years of my career and, and that's probably the point. Um, it's actually interesting to, to talk about this because then that sort of final two years of your career, the second you deviate your focus, uh-huh. it drops off. Uh-huh. You know, like yeah, college, they love to say, you know, you've got to do, excel at college and excel at this. And there is very few people who can achieve that amount of focus on both things. Yeah. Um, and I found that the second my focus deviated from just being the best athlete I could be into what is next, things started to fall off. And that really was the sort of the transition what point for me. Do, do you think, do you, I guess, do you have a softer spot for, I guess, people that have come through the Phoenix organization as players and then maybe in their final years, and you would have seen people transition out. Do you, do you put an arm around those people knowing what you've gone through? Do you feel like you have an affinity with those people? Oh, without question. It's, um, and, and you know, I, I always try and ensure that, you know, I remain incredibly approachable to those people and, and willing to to give up my time and you know, whatever I can to, to try and help those situations. It is a sad reality of uh, not only our sport of, of majority of sports that there isn't a, a clear sort of pathway unless you're in the NBA and you've got the you know you've got the sort of superannuation fund yeah. that they set up there but um, that's not possible you know with every sport and it's a really difficult challenge one that you know I've, I've said this many times previously that you know I'd love to contribute to you know how um, as a sport we do um, attack that challenge yeah. um, We've had a fair bit on our plate, you know, getting this club up and running yeah. over the first five years. And by no means do I think that we have um, nailed that. In fact, I think we've done a pretty, we could have done a much better job of some of the players that have left here initially. Um, but it is, yeah, it's definitely a focus for me personally. And, and I know it'll be a focus for the club going forward as well. So you would have dealt with a few, I guess, C- CEOs, GMs of basketball along your time with the, the myriad of clubs that you've played with across the globe. What stands out about Tommy? Like, I know that he's sitting there and it might be a little bit awkward for him sitting there, but what stands out? What makes Tommy different? I mean, he he's probably one of the few that played the game at a very extremely high, the highest level in Australian basketball. But what, what stands out about him and what makes him different? I think it's the competitive drive, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's not just... It's not dollars, is it? No, nah, it's not just dollars. It's not just trying to fill the seat. It's just like, look, obviously all those things come a part of being a CEO. There's so many different hats and things you have to kind of put on. You got to make sure that the community aspect is taken care of and, and the promotional aspect is taken care of and, and all these different things. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, like when I get a text from Tommy, it's like, hey, let's get this, like bring it, let's bring the juice, bring the energy. And we have that kind of relationship, which is so awesome to have because you know that the the man on top, the man that's that's basically running this show is giving you that energy and giving you that support from an actual playing level. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I think that that's where where Tommy stands out from a lot of different places that I've been is just that ability to really bring out that competitive edge because he understands it, you know. And so I think that's a, a dope thing that you're able to do. You can't lose that competitive edge no. once you've done it. Once you've been a player, it's yeah. it's just it's just in there, isn't it? And it's um, uh, you uh you sort of alluded to something like this earlier, source, but I see that as my biggest advantage in the role that I have now is the fact that I have seen the sport from every perspective. So I've seen it from player, I've seen it from uh, sort of pseudo coaching, I've seen it from team manager, from operations, 
from league commercial, from league community, league operations, seen the sport from every single angle. And once you've got that level of understanding of, of I guess, the entire sport and how the ecosystem works together, um, to me, I've, I've always seen that as my biggest advantage in the role. There isn't really a role that you haven't done in basketball at the NBL level. I mean, you were a broadcaster for a long time. You've done operations, you've done team management, and now the CEO. Let's talk a little bit about, I guess, your transition from Melbourne United, where you, you had a, a really, really Ooh. hot... Yeah, exactly right. We, don't, we, we try not to say that team's name on this very, podcast. Very yeah, very... MU, we'll, we'll limit it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going from, from, from them to, I guess, the NBL, and then being approached to... This is a startup. Yeah. Yeah. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, there's no two ways about it, was a startup franchise. Absolutely. How do you, one, get approached? And then, I guess, what's your initial reaction to, oh, crap, we're starting a team from the ground up. What's what's the first step? Jeez, mm. uh, oh, this is the long way or the short way here. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we've got time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rather than step through, you know, the every sort of piece on the way there. The way uh, that uh, I guess the final step in that puzzle was after spending, you know, a, a fair amount of time at the NBL, you know, um, under the tutelage of, of, you know, so many people have had great success there from from Larry to Jeremy Lolliger to, you know, Lauren Hansen, um, you know, even Vince Cavalli who's in at the league now and, and, and sort of gave me the first opportunity um, at United for that, that small amount of time. Um, ended up in a position where part of my role was working with potential new licensees. Um, and so worked with a number of different people over that period of time, stepping them through the process of what it could look like to take on a license. Really? Um, you know, what that path would look like, what a budget would look like, you know, people you should be approaching, or, you know, timelines and all that sort of stuff. So after going through that a few times, um, our current owner, Roman, Roman Chowdhury, came along, went through the process with him and uh, we developed just a... Just a great relationship, uh, really trusting um, connection. And, you know, he he decided to take a bit of a risk uh, and he, he offered me um, the opportunity in a general manager role uh, to basically to see if I could get the club up and running. Uh, and at that point, we were a piece of paper. So it was Romy Chowdhury who bought the club. He signed the piece of paper. The next day he flew to LA and I was... Myself <laughs> with a piece of paper. You got time to figure it out. <laughs> with a piece of paper, uh, and that's when the journey started, basically. Uh, and yeah, over that, you know, the the next sort of period of time, um, you know, we did what we did, and and um, you know, he, he offered me the the CEO position, and and now we're here. I think the the biggest thing for that story, I remember you telling me that as as you picked me up from the airport in day one, like that, as I'm getting here and understanding, not really knowing a lot about what Australian basketball really is, to have the CEO, GM, one of the founding members of the club pick me up and take me to the first practice and give me that backstory just lets me know, one, how invested he is, and two, how much he truly believes in everything that's kind of going on. So that's from the community standpoint of it and being in the community. Phoenix do a great job. We do a great job here of getting out and getting to the community and doing that. And that was something he preached and, and this, this this feeling of wanting to become one of the more recognizable and better teams in the NBL. And I feel it every time he says it and it excites me even more, which is why I'm here for a long haul because it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like people like that, when you get a chance to work with 
people who are truly invested and truly believe in the process. And then to have the great fans that we have on top of it, it was a no-brainer for me. So massive shout-out, Tommy, for, for how, how, how much you really believe in what, what, what this is. So. I think it's incredible. Yeah. We I, I say it every, to every person that I know is that our CEO, unlike many CEOs, is out putting sleeves on chairs, putting clappers in chairs, doing, doing the nitty-gritty stuff. And now we find out he's a chauffeur as well. He's picking you up. Yeah, <laughs> so he's Tommy Greer, the Uber That's driver. So, so the worst job I've done since, yeah. I, since started, started the club. Well, you you did say before we started that uh, you and Rowan Shorter, head of operations, actually had to go and change bed linen for a new port. Yeah. Can you tell me I that mean, story? There, 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 was, there was none of us, right? Like, we, it was just, it was truly, well, uh, truly myself and a piece of paper before Shorty came on board. And, and early days, we, in that first season, we operated with... Uh, I mean, a truly skeleton staff, like truly skeleton. With bones missing, I think. Yeah, yeah. With bones yeah. missing. That's so great. Uh, to get through. And so, yeah, there were, there were situations like that where, where that stuff just had to happen and you got to get it done. Just get the hands dirty. Yeah, I mean, well, well, let's switch it up to the personnel side now because I know the fans <laughs> out there are trying to figure out how does it happen? How do you go about, let's just stick to the imports. How do you go about finding those three imports that are going to be the ones to help carry a lot of the load uh, in an NBL season? What do you, what, what's the process like? I think the start of that process is, uh, is securing your high level Australian uh, talent. Um, so that, that is always the first part uh, because then you can build around that, you know, and you can, you can fill the gaps of what's required after that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll give away a secret to the, audience here you told me podcast it's not a good secret you told me about this question ahead of time i thought about how i was gonna i was gonna answer it and i think that um you know you can go through the steps of you know talking to all the scouts and the importance of summer league or, or where the names come from or you know how you build the fit but i think the the most important part of recruiting um at least in my experience is an understanding and role different definition within your club of who is responsible and who is doing what and without that you know we've seen you know across the time um you know some clubs struggle struggle with that sort of process but for us it's always been really clear and um you know i've always seen my role in that process as you know i don't have time to be sitting out watching video of 300 players, you know, on a, on a nightly basis, you know, that's not my role within this thing. Um, I see my role as servicing the needs of the head coach. Um, so the head coach, the scout, um, they do a lot of the grunt work. They do all of that. I mean, collectively, we identify what we're looking for. Character sits on top of that list. That's why players like you Saucer are here and, and, and Will Cummings and Gary Brown, players that we can rely on and are going to fit into the mould of the club that we're looking for. Um, so, look, they do the majority of that grunt work, and then I, it is advantageous that I've been a player and, and, uh, and I'm across, um, you know, the performance aspect of the sport. I see my role as questioning things that I don't believe fit what we're trying to achieve mm-hmm. and challenging, um, you know, what has been presented. And then once we come to a re- resolution on those things, it's then my role to go and, get the, go and get the job done and provide the team what they believe we need to win. Uh, yeah. I think... 
one one thing on that as well is like a really good example of I guess you having to just go on contracts and go on players is our our own big source went down unfortunately earlier in the year and within four days you had a former NBA player still even being considered for the NBA player yeah. in, in in Tyler Cook yeah. on a plane. At the, yeah, at, at the practice. state basketball yeah. center on court, yeah. he's playing games within five days after that in the Gold Coast. I would love to say that I'm just incredible at this, but <laughs> we're going to say yeah. you're incredible at this. Anyone who says I'd mean, love to say that yeah, is yeah. saying that. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, stars truly aligned yep. in, in that situation. Um, I mean, you can do things that can that can assist and 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 you know uh, create your own luck a little bit. You know, like remaining in contact regularly with all of the agents that are out there and all of the agencies um just having an understanding of global basketball and what's available and what isn't available and all those types of things and then um you know i'm not sure how this plays from a player perspective but you know getting ahead of things so you know the moment that there was even before confirmed you know the the outcome of what was happening you're on the phone and you're trying to work out what is there and what is available. And then once you get that, that final sort of decision, um, we're able to act because we, you know, we had, we had a solution in, in the bag. And then from that point, that truly was uh, really Tyler's, to Tyler's credit, you know, he was, he, he got on his forms, he filled them out straight away. He was willing to fly within the next, you know, 24, 48 hours. And so long and behold, we had him here. And I guess that's like the thin line, right, of, of, yeah. of your job is like, well, this may happen, may not happen, yeah. but I don't want it to seem like I'm preparing for something that's <laughs> not happening, but I, I'd be damned if I'm not oh, ready to, to go. To, so it's, it's yeah. the tough, those tough decisions. I can't imagine this is a nine-to-five job, Tommy. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but would you want it to be? You know, like, let's go back to that first thing I was saying about you know, as a former athlete trying to find something that you can love as much as what you did previously, um, you know, that really was the clicker for me, right? Like, I can love this as much as, or more, yep. you know, than, than, than playing. And so... Do you? Yeah, without question. Yeah. And so it's it's not a... Yeah, it's never work-life balance. It's it's part of it. It's integration. Like, it, it is part of my life. Work is yeah. life. Yeah. 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 Let's take a quick break. I think it's been an incredible... 10, 15 minutes with our CEO is the man who signs the checks, but uh, he's uh, very, very much down to earth. And I think hopefully through this interview that you see that we'll be back after the break a little bit more with our CEO, Tommy Gray. If you're looking for a fun and exciting way to spend your holidays, look no further than Heartland Hoops basketball camps. It's the ultimate holiday experience. Have fun learning new skills and making new friends with camps at a basketball center near you. Every camper will get a unique experience. And with no more than 12 campers to every coach, you'll be sure to learn something new. And if that wasn't enough, every camper receives a Heartland Hoops tee and a basketball, exclusive merchandise available only to our Heartland Hoops. Sign up now to secure your spot at semphoenix.com.au slash community. Yes, we're back here on Getting Saucy with our fearless leader, Tommy Greer. Sauce, how do you think he's gone so far? He's killing it. Yeah, he's, he has he's a background right. in podcasting. He's 
Take smooth it. as butter. <laughs> I tell you what, there's um, there's some nice, but I wish I, you know what we're gonna do next time. Right. I'm gonna pull up some NBL photos of when yeah. Tommy was really, I need really to see young because I haven't seen him. Yeah. You should see him in his suit when he's broadcasting your <laughs> retired. This was uh, I knew this was gonna go pear shaped at some point. Here yeah. we are. No, don't worry about it. We're gonna get those pictures. We'll, we'll, we'll get those. We'll, we'll get those up on socials. We need to show the the Phoenix faithful what the the grey man looked like as a kid. But hey, Tommy, while we've got you here. I just want to go back a tiny little bit. We'll, we'll touch on maybe that first game. Yep. So you've spoken about the paper being signed and you being left to your own devices to run this huge startup. It was a startup. It's yep. clearly just a startup NBL site. When the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix took the court for the first time and you were there, what was that moment like for you? Um, just quickly, left to my own devices, but then got some people on board and the heavy lifting truly was done by, yeah. by, by more, more, definitely more of myself and... Huge shout out to, uh, you know, Rowan Short and uh, Simon Mitchell, even Mitch Creek is the first player, Collinsworth, you know, everyone was there on, on, that, on that journey. Um, the best moment of my sporting career to point was that first win uh, and, that, and delivering. Uh, well, not only that first win, so that first away win uh, against United, then our first home game win against the Brisbane Boards where we sort of launched, launched the franchise publicly where... Yeah, two moments that I will never, ever forget. So you've got that, that real proud memory. Mm. What would top that? So if we look forward, oh, clearly, you, I, I think... You yeah. know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, winning a championship, and that's what it's all about. You know, we, are, we, we, don't, we don't hide away from that, that, that is the next, that's the next sort of big moment in this club's, um, in this club's history. And that's, you know, um, the playing group's well aware of that, our front office is aware of that, our fans are aware of that. Um, that's what we need to do, and, and, and that's what we're putting everything into. That's what we're here for, yeah, for sure. It, and, and when it happens, what, what's, what do we do? <laughs> How are we celebrating the NBL I've, I've, joked, I've joked with you, Sauce, but yeah. we're going to Vegas. I love it. I love it. You're here to hear first. Let's yeah. get it done. Phoenix fans, keep showing up, man. we got to get this NBL championship. I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. Is that for the staff? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a full plate. So. Hey, look, look, look. We'll, we'll talk no, about we, that when we, we get there. We might, we might have to sit down and talk to ownership. Here it is. I'm going to say. That's a big shout-out to Roby, who's uh, probably going to put the credit card down. Now, of course, every week we do questions from the crowd, um, and we've got a couple of questions for the both of you this week. And thank you for reaching out. Obviously, SEM, SE Mel Phoenix on uh, on Instagram. Make sure you look out for any time we ask the questions, and we've got plenty this week. But uh, this one's for you, Source. First, getting back, how good did it feel? Amazing. Just the work that you put in off season got kind of stopped, and then I put in more work through that recovery process, and it was just fantastic. And like I said, the highlight was just being able to be back in the fire pit. 5,000, almost 5,000 members strong and, and growing and just being able to continue to see the growth of this club and, and, and everything we're doing is, is fantastic. That's a great answer. <laughs> Tommy, what's the most re rewarding thing about your job? Uh, and if, it could be a couple of things. Yeah, winning. I mean, I'm competitive. I love, I love winning. Uh, and that comes in all forms. Like winning can be beating a attendance target. It can be beating a commercial target, um, but it also relates to on the court. Like, um, that's, still, that's still huge for me. Uh, I guess a sort, of, a sort of different take on that is, uh, I actually, I love seeing the kids in the crowd. Um, I love our product. I think we've got a fantastic game day product. Best in the league. And 
seeing so many kids decked out in Phoenix gear, having a great time with Birdman, screaming out to Sauce yeah. and Creaky, and just just sort of really enjoying the the product. Um, that's probably the other, other part. I implore every Phoenix fan at the fire pit to watch Tommy when it's five seconds <laughs> yes. to go and it's a close game. Fine, Tommy Greer. He's <laughs> normally kind of baseline area. At, I've never seen more. You talk about a man who has a very important job with the Phoenix. He's the biggest fan of the Phoenix I've ever seen. And it's a, it's a great watch seeing him close when it's close. How excited he gets. So, so cool. I, don't, I think it's ne never lose that passion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I try and contain it as so. best I can. <laughs> nah, Let it go. That's, that's trying. Yeah, <laughs> right. so, um, this, is a, this is a really, really good one here for you, Tommy. Um, what were, I guess, some of the key steps? So we spoke pretty in depth about your steps, but yep. somebody maybe who is like Source is, is going to have a career post-basketball. If they are looking at, something like becoming a GM, becoming a CEO, what's one or two pieces of advice you'd give to that person? Cool, good question. Um, okay, so just thinking about my, my own journey, yep. sort of once I decided that's what I wanted to do. Um, so we're we saying that they've just got that role. They're done playing. Yeah, they're done playing and they're, they're looking into getting potentially into being yeah. a, a, staying part in basketball. Of office. Potentially being, yeah. okay. Um, I think something that was incredibly advantageous for me was as I was sorting through what I wanted to do, um, I was in an environment which was really a startup, right, in the NBL. And so my opportunity to sample every different aspect of the business yeah. um, uh, was afforded to me yeah. basically so if i was sort of willing to put my hand up for it and, and and go do it and put the work in and put the hours in to to um be part of that then that opportunity that door opened um so for me sort of after finishing sport being able to sample so many different aspects uh, of the sport itself is really what helped sort of i guess narrow my focus into what i actually wanted to last one um well, this last one for you, Tommy. Um, we've had Kenny on Instagram ask, can we potentially have a heritage throwdown match between the United Tigers and the Phoenix Magic? <laughs> so this, is, this is actually a quite a popular yeah, one because yeah, Southeast Melbourne... So did you know much about the Southeast Melbourne Magic? I didn't know much about it, but obviously with our staff this year and the players that played for the Southeast Melbourne Magic, I did some research and know that that yeah. was a pretty big Huge. time kind of rivalry kind of in Absolutely. The short answer to that is it's absolutely possible. Um, um, you know, we require a heritage round yep. um, um, by the NBL, um, which, you know... Uh, it could come as soon as next year. From our, our perspective, you know, we've been really clear since day one. We've got international ownership um, who, you know, haven't grown up here in the southeast. Uh, really careful of not to step on toes, and so, you know, our remit um, is that you know we honour the entire southeast. So all of the clubs that have fallen that have come um, before us, um, all of the associations, all of the domestic clubs. Um, you know, a, a, and individuals that have come out of that region. So the Magic well and truly uh, are part of that. And, um, you know, we, 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 we'd love to, um, you know, play our role in, in honouring what they've done before us. Yep. 
No, that's awesome. And That'd be fire. I fingers like crossed. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, just ask uh, Eric. We will get on the podcast. Our assistant, Slam and Sam McKinnon, did his best work yeah. at the uh, South East Melbourne Magic, as did Mike Kelly, Mike our head coach. Too, so, yeah. of course, we uh, we remember them in the uh, the Magic bet. Obviously, it's all about the Phoenix now. And Source, last question for you. Uh, we've had a shout out from our fans in Adelaide. Um, so, you obviously came back in Adelaide. Um, and they've said... It's more of a statement. Can you just thank Source for saying hi and spending some time with the fans? We really appreciate it. Mate, you're just a man of the people, aren't you? <laughs> Look, if you if you are wearing Phoenix colors in an opposition gym, that's a massive thing for us. Like, anytime we can go to a hostile environment and look up and see Phoenix fans around, it's, it's massive. So, please, if you're on the road, if you're a Phoenix fan outside of Melbourne, Please come to the games. We're definitely going to shout you out and say hello if we have the opportunity to do so. Um, just love the love, man. It's awesome. We love the love. We love the Phoenix. Yeah. The Phoenix are flying. We take on the New Zealand Breakers Saturday night at John Kane Arena, the fire pit. We look to remain undefeated. Source, we're done. You've been incredible. Tommy, amazing. I've been okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Source, we'll be back next week. Good luck. And Tommy, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Source. Awesome.